Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season four of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sunday, September 17, the year of our Lord, 2023. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. Anoint us with strength and self-care today and always. Bless us with patience and wisdom. Encourage us to choose your way and to behave well. Lord, lift us up for your blessings today. Will you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is meant against this ministry or these your people. Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be ye glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks for answered prayer. Count it as done by faith and in accordance with your word. Amen. Ladies, it would be wonderful if everywhere we went, we were cherished, valued, appreciated by our peers. But the hard, cold reality is that in many of the communities that we find ourselves in, we are neglected, ignored, excluded from conversations or activities, treated as if we do not belong, and scorned. In today's worth-seeking world, being liked and accepted is something the believer yearns for. This is how our culture both advertises and forces us to feel by telling us that Failure is not an option, that if you are not first, you are last, and if you are not somebody, you are nobody. However, a close examination of scripture tell us that none of these things are true. What is true is that God has called the believer to be different, to go against the grain, to be a city on a hill, to be a change in the world that lacks hope. As believers, we simply do not fit in. We were not made to fit in. We were set apart and made to stand tall, to stand out, and to press on in order to fulfill our calling in Christ. Join me in a leap of faith of trusting God and his word to transform our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit as we take an exciting journey of self-care because Self-care equals self-love. And to that end, today's episode is titled Consecrated and Set Apart for a Higher Purpose. Ladies, in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 28 and verse 33, Jesus talks to those who would follow him about taking up a cross, counting the cost and giving up everything. The New King James Version of the Bible says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
Which of you intending to build a tower would, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. As Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was followed by a multitude of people and he turned to them and spoke to them about the kind of person who could not be his disciple. A disciple is a student or a learner of Jesus and he taught that true disciples come to him without reservation, setting him first and all other relationships as lower in priority than their faithfulness and loyalty to him. Note that in verse 26 of our text that Jesus used the word hate. Hate is a strong word and Jesus used it to place emphasis on the difference by comparison between our allegiance to him and our allegiance to everyone and everything else. Being a follower of Jesus is similar to bearing a cross, which is a horrifying thought to anyone who knows what Jesus meant when he said in verse 27, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In the Roman world, before a man died on a cross, he had to carry his cross, or at least a horizontal beam of his cross, to the place of execution. And carrying a cross always led to death on a cross. No one carried a cross for fun. The first hearers of Jesus did not need any explanation of the cross because they knew it was an unrelenting instrument of torture, death, and humiliation. If someone took up his cross, he never came back. It was a one-way journey. Jesus makes it clear in our text that the one who bears his own cross would follow the life and pattern of him. And he made it clear that only cross bearers can be his disciples. Now, you know, I think, so I was thinking about this and I've come to believe that we as teachers of the gospel, and I'm a teacher of the gospel, a disciple of Christ, sometimes understate the demands of Jesus when we present the gospel we give people the impression that coming to Jesus only means to believe certain facts, when in reality, coming to Jesus is the yielding of a life, which is why in verse 28, the parable of the tower, Jesus says, sit down first and count the cost. In other words, sit down and see if you can afford to follow me because following Jesus is more costly than we might think. Finally, in verse 33, Jesus says, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Every potential disciple of Jesus Christ must consider the cost of being his disciple. It costs something to be a disciple of Christ. Living for God is difficult. In Romans chapter 7, verses 22 through 23, the apostle Paul writes of his own struggles. He says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, 
But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The apostle Paul knew that his inward man found delight in the law of God. He understood that the impulse towards sin came from another law in his members. He understood that the real self is the one who delights in the law of God. Yet sin was able to war within Paul and win because there was no power in himself other than himself to stop sinning. Paul, like many of us today, was caught in the desperate powerlessness of trying to battle sin in the power of self, but victory is found in Jesus Christ. It is important that believers understand who they are in Christ. An amazing truth in all of this is that believers are consecrated and set apart for a higher purpose. Hebrews chapter one, verse three says, therefore, holy brethren, Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. The writer of Hebrews makes it clear that believers are consecrated and set apart for a higher purpose as he calls us holy brethren. Consecration means to be clear, to declare or make something holy. It is associated with the idea of being sacred. What is awesome about all of this is that this declaration is made not by us, but by God. It is God who has consecrated us and set us apart for a higher purpose when we accept and trust and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must know that, know and understand who we are in Christ and who he is in us so that we can walk in the purpose to which we have been called and set apart. So that we stop looking for acceptance in the world and cease longing to feel valued and appreciated by those who reject and despise us. The believer should look thoughtfully and attentively at Jesus and consider his role as our high priest in everything because he has already proved his faithfulness by sharing in our humanity and breaking the power of death that held us captive. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, the Bible says, Inasmuch as then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Jesus helps us in our time of need 
More than that, he empowers and guides us through this life in all things. Peter learned this lesson well, and that is why in 2 Peter, um, uh, he wrote chapter 3, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, he wrote this. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which we have been given to us by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world we have been given the power to escape the lure of this world. And it comes by knowing God and walking in his truth. This is why we have been consecrated and set apart so that we may live the holy lives to which we have been chosen and called. God has a plan for every believer, a plan that does not line up with the world order, but is ours to walk out and to live. Knowing this should give us purpose and incredible value. God is entrusting us with the mission. We are consecrated and set apart or sanctified for a higher purpose. This is why it is so important for us to trust in and focus on Jesus. Because the plan is not something we can do on our own. His desire for our lives is so incredible that we need his help every step of the way and especially when we are neglected ignored excluded from conversations or activities treated as if we do not belong and are scorned the scriptures are full of examples of people who knew their purpose in life and trusted in god to fulfill it for example in jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 5 the prophet says then the word of the lord came to me saying before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was young when God revealed his plan for him. And the plan came with promises. God promised him that he would not give, uh, would not only give him the words to speak, but he would perform them. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 18 and 19, God makes another promise, uh, makes other promises to Isaiah. The text says, for behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar, a bronze wall and bronze walls against the whole nation, against the kings of Judah, against the princes, against the priests, and against the people of the land. They will fight against you. I liken these people to those who fight against believers. The word of God says, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. God promised Isaiah that he would make him a fortified city and iron pillars and a bronze wall so that he would not be overcome by the people or his enemies. Jeremiah walked out this promise because God set him apart for this very purpose and was with him every step of the way. 
The Apostle Paul is another great example of someone who knew his purpose in life and trusted in God to fulfill it. Paul, who was previously Saul, started out hunting down and killing Christians. He was a murderer. But thankfully, his past did not get in the way of his future. In Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul wrote the following to the church. This is the King James Version. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Paul came to understand that he was set apart for the purpose of preaching the gospel. And in walking out this mission, he all but converted the known world at the time or at that time. And he was chosen long before he was an enemy of the church. God knew what Paul would do and that did not change his mind. He had chosen Paul and empowered him to be a prevailing witness in the world. Finally, let's look at Jesus. In him, we see how powerful it is when one understands they are called, consecrated, and set apart for a higher purpose in life. The Bible tells us that Jesus entered the synagogue on the Sabbath immediately after he was tempted by Satan. There he made his mission known. In the New King James Version of Luke chapter 4, verse 17 through 21, the Bible says, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to recover and recover or a recovery of sight to the blind, to set a, at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus had a mission like no one else. He knew what it was and directed all of his attention to it. Jesus knew who he was, why he came and what he had to do. He knew the higher purpose to which he had been called. And because he walked it out, his life made all the difference for humanity. This is why as believers, we need to pay attention to Jesus and thoughtfully consider him in everything we do. We must embrace him as ours as we go through this life because he has chosen us, set us apart, and devised a wonderful plan for our lives. Further, he has promised to help us every step of the way. But in order for us to embrace Jesus as ours, we must look toward him and understand who we are by his grace and mercy. In John chapter 17, verse 14, Jesus prayed, the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This prayer of Jesus cautions us against seeking refuge in Christian isolation in modern day monasteries or churches. Our goal is to be in the world, but not of the world or of the evil one. If we were taken 
from the world, the world would be in darkness and perish. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So let us shine. If we were taken out of the world, the world would not have us as a witness to be a means of salvation unto others. So when others took Jesus, if we were taken out of the world, we would be denied the opportunity to serve Jesus in the same place we have sinned against him. So serve Jesus. If we were taken out of the world, we would not see that there are aspects of God's wisdom, truth, power, and grace that are better appreciated on earth than in heaven. So see the glory of the Lord. If we were taken out of the world, we could not show the power of God's grace to preserve us in the midst of difficulty. So press on. Believers need to be in the world. However, being in the world implies more than simply inhabiting it. We need to actually be involved in our societies. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus' final instructions to his disciples were to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Disciples are not to set themselves apart from the world and expect others to come to them to hear the truth. No, we are told to go. Similarly, in John chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus prayed regarding his disciples saying, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Jesus' disciples need to stay in the world, not be removed from it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and Isaiah chapter 4 verse 10 tell us that we are to be witnesses to the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 tells us that our light is to shine before others, to point them to God. Allowing our light to shine requires us to be around people. The phrase to be not of the world means to be free of worldly influence. This does not mean that we do not participate in government or typical social processes. It, it means that we do not act as the unsaved world does. Romans chapter 6 verses 6 and 11 says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These verses tell us that we are not slaves to our sinful natures, but act in accordance with righteousness. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24, and Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. We are told to put to death things that are of our sinful nature and to flee from immorality. I love 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Isn't that grand? <laughs> we live in a world of darkness, but we are not part 
of the darkness. We are not of the world because we are in Christ. We have the light. And while we are still in the world, we are consecrated and set apart for a higher purpose. We are called to be the salt of the earth, a city on a hilltop and the light that others might know Christ and be saved. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, you may donate to Broken Vessels, hyphen, Mended and Whole, or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at a P.O. Box 34637 in Los Angeles, California, 90034. Please join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to, to bless you and all those you hold near and dear. Amen. <music>